For those who fish, this is the Drake cast. He was tying feathers on a hook. I'll do a hopper with a hopper dropper with a dropper hopper. The river was like a woman. Could be a disco midge, it could be a bead head. I'm your host, Elliot Adler. This episode of the Drake cast is brought to you by Scott Flyrods. I called up Trent Tatum, owner of the North Platte Lodge and the Reef Fly Shop in Alcova, Wyoming. He told me why he uses Scott Flyrods. Scott Flyrods build rods to fish. Their highest priority isn't necessarily going to be a parking lot casting rod, but they build each rod with a specific task in mind. You know, a nine-foot, five-weight radian is going to be a kind of a specially light-tippet dry fly rod. I think that's what kind of sets them apart. You can find out more information at your local fly shop or scottflyrod.com. This episode is also brought to you by Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. This is Bessie Buholtz with Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. This week's featured destination is Patagonia. Think of the U.S. West 75 years ago and you have a pretty good idea of what to expect from the Patagonia of today. The culture, the amazing food, world-class wines, stunning landscapes, and huge trout make this an incredible destination for both anglers and non-anglers alike. Give us a call here at Yellow Dog or visit us online at yellowdogflyfishing.com and remember that while there's a lot of ways to get there, there's only one way to do it right. Alrighty, on to the show. For the last few episodes, we stuck to the upper Midwest. Today, we head a little further south. The location, Kentucky. More specifically, Wolf Creek Dam above the Cumberland River. Now, you've probably never heard of this dam, but about a decade ago in 2007, this dam was in the news. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. America's infrastructure is really showing its age. The Corps of Engineers decided it was the most dangerous dam in the United States. What would this do to your town? It would destroy the whole town. If it fails, Nashville, Tennessee will be underwater in a matter of hours. Life lost, property destroyed, commerce ruined. But thankfully, before the dam burst, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers swooped in, fixed the dam, and saved the day. On the surface, everything was fine and dandy. But below the surface, trouble was brewing. Today, we've got the story of one dam and one river. And it makes us wonder, what does this say about the future of fishing in America? A couple months ago, I had the pleasure of going to Wolf Creek Dam. It's in south-central Kentucky, and to get there, you got to take a bunch of winding back roads until you run into this massive wall of concrete. This is the dam. A couple hundred feet below, the Cumberland River flows out of the bottom of the dam. I talked to a bunch of people who had been in the area for a long time and asked them about the fishing on the Cumberland pre-2007, back before there was any trouble at the dam. It was good. It was very good. Always good. Always always got a lot of good fish. <laughs> always. I, I, I would really have put it up against anything I've fished in the U.S., I mean, you start talking about fish over 20 inches and being able to catch and release 10 or more of them in a day. That's world-class fishing. But the Cumberland wasn't always such a great trout fishery. And it's arguable that the improvement of the Cumberland River really took off right about the time that a certain fisheries biologist arrived on the scene. Thank you for calling the Department of Fish and Wildlife. So that you can reprint your license off our website... Hello, this is Dave Drees. Hello, Mr. Drees. This is Elliot Adler from the Drake Magazine calling. 
Yes, Stan Wyatt. Good to talk to you. Thanks for, thanks for calling. According to the photos I found online, Dave's middle-aged, bushy eyebrows likes to fish for largemouth bass. My title is the Assistant Director of the Fisheries Division of Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources. So, Dave was hired by the state, and he joined a team that managed the Cumberland Tailwater Fishery. And they got to work. A few years before Dave showed up, the state put a new regulation that promoted the growth of brown trout. And once Dave got there... 2004, we implemented the regulation change on rainbow trout. And with the new regulations on both brown and rainbow trout, more fish were growing to those coveted trophy sizes. His next goal was to improve the water quality in the Cumberland River tailwater. The problem was that each fall, the water in the lake would get too warm for the trout. As the water got warmer, the dissolved oxygen in the water, which is what the fish breathe, would basically get to the point where the fish were suffocating underwater. Now, there wasn't anything Dave could do about the water temperature, but with help from the Corps of Engineers, they figured out a way to increase the dissolved oxygen levels in the river. Here's the process. Dave and the Corps open this special gate in the dam, and water from the lake shoots down a ramp. It hits a wall, and it shot a massive spray of water 50 feet up into the air. As the water falls back to the earth, it grabs onto oxygen and pulls it into the river, which in turn raises the river's dissolved oxygen content, which was good for fish. Now, they've got their new bag limits, the dissolved oxygen problem has at least been partially fixed, and the result was that in 2005 and 2006, the Cumberland River became a really stellar trout fishery. That year was a cicada year. Um, I would tell you that there was no better fishing anywhere in the country than the Cumberland that year. This is Jim Maris, the owner of Fly South, which is kind of the fly shop in Nashville, Tennessee. It wasn't uncommon to catch fish over 20 inches. You could fish to 18 to 28 inch fish all day long. It was that kind of fishery. And the numbers seem to back these stories up. I was starting to document that, you know, we had these really good growth rates. Compared to the 1995 fish count numbers, in 2006, Dave and his crews were catching 37 times more brown trout over 15 inches than they were in 1995. And for rainbow trout over 15 inches, Dave was catching 19 times as many as they were in 1995. By this point, Dave was feeling pretty, pretty good. But then... It was pretty foreboding news. The Army Corps of Engineers dropped a bombshell on Dave. Remember Katie Couric sounding serious and sullen at the beginning of this story? America's infrastructure is really showing its age. Well, to reiterate, the Corps of Engineers found some leaks in the dam, and they were afraid it was going to break, meaning they were going to have to fix the dam. I just felt like, you know, dread, basically. Um, And for Dave, this was troubling. I didn't know exactly what it was going to mean, but I knew it was probably not going to be good and it was going to be a challenge. And so, spring of 2007, the Corps of Engineers began rehabilitating the dam. The first step was to draw down the lake. And they did this in a big way. Over the next few months, the Corps of Engineers decreased the volume of water in the lake by 47%. Now, for a variety of reasons, they needed to keep the water volume at this new level, which became a problem because... Matter of fact, 2007-2008 were maybe some of the you know, worst drought years I can remember. With no new water coming into the lake and still needing to maintain the water level, they couldn't really release any water over the dam. Meaning, less water downstream and less water for the fish. 
Normally, the Cumberland River was cold enough for trout all the way down to the Tennessee state line 75 miles away. But with these new limitations... It shrank the amount of cold water... Coming out of the dam... Dramatically. And so 75 miles shrank to, like, 35 miles of cold water. Initially, this was actually good for the fishermen because it concentrated the trout in a smaller section of water. But it got a shitload of pressure. I mean, it just, it got stomped. This is Dane Law, the owner of Southeastern Anglers, a guide operation that fishes the Cumberland. Um, And then subsequent years, because of that low flow and low lake level, water got hot. um, And the fish population just started really diminishing. And as if that wasn't enough... In 2007, when we discovered Didymo on the Cumberland tailwater. Didymo is otherwise known as rock snot, which is this sneaky little algae that can completely cover the bottom of a river. The native vegetation can't compete with the Didymo, so the bugs lose their habitat, and with fewer bugs, the fish don't have as much food. Well, it's just like another kick in the teeth, in a way. So, yeah, it was not a welcome sight. My feeling was that it was just because the conditions at the time promoted for it to grow at nuisance levels. It, it got so horrible, we really, you know, we kind of quit fishing it there for a while. Again, Jim Maury's from Fly South. Yeah, it just wasn't worth, it wasn't worth the drive up, really. Things were going so poorly on the Cumberland that the Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources started imagining and planning for the worst case scenario. We didn't know that we weren't going to have a massive fish kill, like an acute fish kill, in the river in 07 and 08. In 2013, the Corps of Engineers finally finished their work on the Wolf Creek Dam. With the river back to normal and all the data in, Dave could see how devastating this construction had been on the fish. Brown trout from 07 to 2012, there was a 73% decline in clutch fish and catch rate. In brown trout greater than 15 inches from 07 to 2012, there was a 78% decline in catch rate. The numbers for rainbow trout are even worse. Rainbow trout greater than 15 inch from 2007 to 2012 is a 98% decline. So how are the numbers doing these days? I'd like to say they're doing great. Um, there's a big but. I, I, I just don't think, we haven't had the kind of years that I've hoped for in terms of water quality. I mean, we're coming back, but it's been slower than what I was hoping for. Meaning the electrofishing catch rates have only gotten slightly better since the end of the dam project. And because Dave and the state aren't quite getting the growth rates they've been looking for, they've had to artificially stimulate the fishery. We asked the hatchery to produce us some extra large fish. In addition to the 237,000 8-inch trout that are annually stocked in the Cumberland, the state of Kentucky is now stocking thousands of 12- and 15-inch fish as well. You know, we didn't get a great fishery by stocking large fish, but I guess we proved that you know, we could stock a, a large fish and, and basically have the effect of, of a rebound fairly rapidly. Stories from fishermen seem to support this claim. Again, Jim Maury's. Now you're starting to see some of those big, massive fish again. Just the, you know, big 30-, 35-inch fish big girth, and we hadn't seen that in a while. It's, it's been quite an experience to be able to watch a river go down and then rise and come back again. 
every 90 days, something positive is happening there on the river. Again, Dane Law of Southeastern Anglers. Whether it's quality of water, clarity of water, the, the bottom, uh, the vegetation, the bugs, the fish, something, every, every 90 days you can see a little bit of an increase in what's going on there. How long do you think it'll be until it'll be as good as it was in 2006, 2007? <clears throat> My crystal ball says three to four years, depending on water flow. We're definitely, definitely on the mend. Like I said, it's getting better every 90 days, but it's not. Don't let anybody tell you it's what it was in 05, because it's not. Before I left Kentucky, I went down to the boat ramp just below Wolf Creek Dam and ate some leftover pizza. Seagulls flew over the river, and every once in a while, a trout would rise to a little bug on the surface. I left my rod in the car. In a few years, we'll be able to see if Dane Law is right. With a little luck, the Cumberland River tailwater could be as good as it was before the dam reconstruction project. Both trout and fishermen alike hope so. But right now, Four years later, the river just isn't quite there. Stocking big fish is one way to create a trophy trout fishery, but before the dam reconstruction project, the river did that all on its own. Before we go, I want to share my conversation with Arthur Cooper. He's a research scientist at Michigan State University. Arthur recently published a paper that laid out the troubles ahead for our nation's aging dams and the fisheries below. A lot of these large dams, they're going on 50 or 60 years old. Specifically, by 2020, 70% of the dams in the United States will be over 50 years old. And as these dams continue to age... We're going to be increasingly running into issues where we have to decide what to do with these dams. Do we fix them? Um, do we take them out? Part of what we did in the study was to, to try to put an ecological component to that decision-making because you know, obviously there are a lot of societal and economic considerations that are out there. For example, hydroelectric power and recreation. What do you see as like the potential ecological impact of these aging dams? Well, I mean, some of these dams have been in place for decades, so you have decades of alteration downstream, and so that stream flow, that sediment, fisheries downstream could be influenced by changes in temperature over that time span. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. The effect that Wolf Creek Dam has had on the Cumberland River is a cautionary tale. And it sounds like we're going to be seeing this story play out over and over again in the near future. And it may come at the cost of the tailwater fisheries we love. Stick around until the end for this week's field notes and scenes from our next episode. Time for some thank yous. Huge shout out to Dave Dreves and the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources. Thank you for your time and the work you do. Anthony Waters from the Corps of Engineers, thanks for letting me paint you guys as the villains in this story. Jim Ares and the whole crew at Fly South, I still wear that bowling shirt with pride. 
This week's field notes come from Dane Law of Southeastern Anglers. I gave Dane a ring to see how the Cumberland has been fishing lately. We've been so wet, but um, I'll sure take it over a drought any day. It's been a, a challenging spring, but the fishing's been good. All the stars are starting to line up now. We're getting started on the Cumberland, so so life is good down this way. And I I think the second half of 2017 is is going to be going to be gangbusters for cold water tail races and and the fisheries below them the most important thing is the flow rate the generation schedule and this year so far on the cumberland the the flow rates have been very very similar to what we were seeing back 05 to 07 the nymph fishing is producing very well um that certainly the most dependable. Um, the streamer fishing, when those conditions present themselves, and that's been working real good. I think the smaller streamers produce a little better than the great big stuff that has become so popular. Pretty standard type colors. And the dry fly thing, probably shouldn't even call it dry fly, but it's more of a terrestrial tight bite has come on we've got the japanese beetles coming out of the sycamore trees and ants and we're not quite into hoppers or anything like that yet but we've got a lot of terrestrials in the area so the foamy flies are starting to work that should really get good the next few months well i i think that's it i think well no I, i'll say something else i think it was awful to see it deteriorate but it's been extremely fun and uplifting to to see it come back i think we're a couple of only a couple of years away knock on wood from seeing it back to what it was in the heyday and i know when that gets here or maybe even before clyde's going to want to come see it you know take a little trip on the river and you're certainly welcome to join him if he'll if he'll have you along thanks mr law Quick plug, if you want to catch lots of fish from a drift boat in Tennessee or Kentucky, give Dane Law at Southeastern Anglers a ring. You can find a link on our website, drakemag.com. Want to make sure you never miss an episode of the DrakeCast? Well, it's easy. Whip out your smartphone, go to your favorite podcasting app, and type in DrakeCast. One word, DrakeCast. By subscribing, your phone will automatically download each new episode right when they come out every Friday. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps other people find our podcast. Next week, I follow a group of friends as they stumble around in the dark. It's zero dark 30. <laughs> there was an eat. Come on. There it was again. Oh. 25 bucks a fly, boys. I'll take two for, for 45. You can cut me a deal. We professors tend to study things, but not actually be able to do things very well. Thanks for listening. This has been the Drake Cast.